You are listening to 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 15. Woohoo! I'm sick of hearing about your stupid orphans. What did you just say? I hate orphans. Say it again to my face. I hate them. Come again? I hate all the orphans in the whole world. Hello and welcome to 11 O'Clock Comics, your weekly mishmash where art meets <sighs> alcohol. How's that? Do you like that? Oh, you've been thinking about that all Wow. I, I have. Is that, is that sour mash? This, <laughs> this is a very atypical episode of 11 O'Clock Comics because the wonderful Jason Wood cannot be with us this week. So we pulled not one, but two of our buddies in here with us this week. Uh, he's the link master extraordinaire, awash in a sea of karmic goodness. You know him, you love him. He is the ambassador of goodwill on our forum. It's Jefferson Workman. Hi. Hi. (laughs) (laughs) And the the second of the pair, uh, he's higher than the high evolutionary, uh, more supreme than the supreme intelligence. Uh, he's the voice of Tom versus the JLA and the edutainment on that other show. It's Thomas Stephen Caters. Hello. <laughs> minus the voice modulator. <laughs> minus the voice modulator. And as usual, I'm Vince B. And I feel this... like I should have done the fucking around comics intro. It's like <laughs> our fucking cast today. <laughs> From and Chicago, let, uh, I'm, I'm Christopher Neesman. <laughs> An inebriated Christopher Neesman. Oh, just yeah, a little th- bit. Well, okay. Thursday is drinking night. You, we normally record on Wednesday. And Thursday's drinking a- night. Yeah, right. Just, we have a special day. Yeah, it's just Thursday. <laughs> Wood, Wood couldn't do the show last night, and he's not here tonight, so I call bullshit. I think we have an escape clause in his contract, don't we? I've, I've we better. Jettison. It's, it's better to do it early, Vince. I know. It's just that he's kind of smart, so he adds a little bit to the show. More than David, actually. So, you know, we want him around. I, I even say that. Was that even necessary? I thought that was just obvious. <laughs> no, anyway, he, I, he I, miss, I, I miss the little desert peach. I want Wood to come back real soon. Yeah, me too. Why are you so nice? It's, it's I don't name. know. <laughs> I don't tonight. I really don't fucking know. <laughs> and that was who is that? I'm David Price. The lovely David Price. God, we're all here. Who are so... you? <laughs> Hi, all right. the other guy. 
right, I'm not Chris. I'm not Vince. I'm the other guy that's not Jason. <laughs> you're the guy. Oh wait, you're the guy that drops out sometimes. That's yes. right. Yes, and he's the I guy who he clips his toenails every episode. That Have wasn't you even toenails. Oh no, they're toenails. They're, you record a, from Yosemite. Yes, like yes. I wait. I wait every week. I said, okay, my toenails are just the right. Honestly, he waits till clipping. they start curling over Absolutely. the yeah. toe. And it only takes a week because I'm fucking Wolverine. <sighs> Oh, it's well, late and you grows fucking toenails fast. That's right, baby. But anyway, he's the best at what he does. Before we go into the drink roll call, we have to give Christopher Neesman props on a, a recent achievement. What was that, Chris? Tell them about it. I Two weeks sober. <laughs> Not anymore. Yeah, Not anymore. <laughs> tonight would have been two weeks. Tonight, yes, and I fell off the way. I have absolutely no idea what you're talking about, Vince. The lock and key connection that you mentioned today on the forum? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. Uh, 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 got a, a nice email from uh, the folks at IDW, and, and Joe Hill um, read the uh, the review I did over at, uh, at iFanboy, which was oh, very cool. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's very and I, cool. And posted it over at his blog. And yeah. said that actually, I believe that right now, somewhere in in Maine, Joe Hill may be drinking a Bloody Mary from my recipe in honor of the uh, the article over at iFanboy today. Uh, you can go to uh, let me find this. Uh, go over to uh, um, JoeHillFiction.com is his blog, and he uh, put a little uh, post in there called "Drink 'em If You Got 'em," and. Um, and then it links to the iFanboy uh, article that I wrote uh, today, which was a Bloody Mary uh, recipe and a review on Lock and Key, which is my absolute favorite comic book being published today. Now see, how cool is that? That's Pretty, you're one step proper. No, and real, but he's your one step away from Stephen King. Meteor shit. No, you're no. almost there. You're not, shit, not, there you not, one, well, not one step away from Stephen King. I have actually made a virtual connection with Joe Hill who is an awesome writer in his own right. Oh, I'm sh- yeah, he is. He's really good, but I'm just saying. It doesn't get any better than Stephen it's, King. It is pretty it is pretty fucking sweet. Yeah, and you did it, and props to you. I knew you had it in you. <laughs> so what are you going to do now, Chris? You're just going to walk away? Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, Retire. Uh, you, yeah. you what are you going to do next? You understand the entire recording setup over at Dark Tower, right? You He's can going after that. Betty White next. Yes. Save the Tom, I can Tom, handle it. Tom, you're ready to take the reins? And I will record it myself, and I will do all the voices of all our, our <laughs> beloved cast of characters. <laughs> well, Sal will be easy to do. <laughs> He's going to be there tomorrow. He's going to be there tomorrow. No, awesome. but I tell you what, the uh, the whole writing thing has been a lot of fun. I, I enjoy doing it. It's uh, it's making me stretch some some different muscles. And I tell you what, it's it's a good exercise to actually try and put down in words why you like or don't like a comic. And I, I think it forces you to think of stuff uh, objectively. So I think it's an exercise that a lot of us could could use to to go through so you can you know really really kind of understand what you do and don't like about comics so um write a you know everyone out there write your own little article on on comics that you like and post it on our forum 
Yes, it's 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 a very it's a very good exercise to make you critically think about comics. Right, so. right. Mm-hmm. Please note that uh, eleven o'clock comics will use excerpts from your reviews. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Cut and paste right our shit. All right, all right. Drink roll call. Um, uh, Tom, go. I am drinking a red eye. Red eye, Damn. red eye, red eye. Yeah. Do you know what that? Is? Does anyone here know what that is? I'm um, talking to the people in my apartment. <laughs> that, nope, Tom, they all shook Tom, their head no. Tom, is that a is that a tomato beer? Yes, it is. Nice. It's uh Miller it's Miller High Life and Clamato with Worcester sauce. Clamata? Yeah. It, isn't that when they get the bleeding palms? No? No, that's stigmata. Oh <laughs> that's an even more delicious drink. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get me some beer and stigmata. Oh, oh. Uh, nice. Yeah, the Clamato, which for the people that out, the out there that may not have uh, listened to Tom versus the JLA, is a clam juice and tomato juice mixture. Clam Ooh. broth. It's rich. It's yes. rich in flavor. Yes, mixed with beer. Cool. And Tabasco. Uh, Mr. Price? Uh, Jim Beam and Ginger Ale. Sweet. Is there a name for that so we don't like torque off anybody on the forum? Jim and Ginger? Awesome. I don't know. I, I, it's called awesome. That, oh, um, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Jefferson. Someone will probably be like, oh, that's called a river bandit. <laughs> it's called you a, know that's called a river bandit? It's called a skid mark. <laughs> you idiots. <laughs> Jefferson, what are you drinking, buddy? Oh, let's see. Uh, I've got some uh, McNaughton Canadian whiskey. Wow. Mm. And then I'm uh, chasing that with a uh, pipeline porter beer. Well, you, the beer's nice, but you're drinking that weak ass Canadian shit. So we'll let you go. We'll let it go because you're not, Do not harass the guests. I was not prepared, you motherfucker. There you go. <laughs> now we smack them down, Jefferson. <laughs> yeah, I bet. Look, look on the label. It's an 80 proof, isn't it, Jefferson? You're right. He, get, he gets an- a little taste of Joe Hill, and then he gets all cocky on everybody. <laughs> Wussy. All right, Vince, what Diet Coke are you drinking this now I'm drink. I'm on my third Killian's Red. Got to start mixing it up, man. I know. I know. I'm a creature of habit. What can I say? Uh, You're holding us back, man. I know. Well, I tell you what. <laughs> I, I, had my, I had my Bloody Mary all mixed up last night, but you all put me off for a night. So uh, go to go to ifanboy.com. Uh, look up Comic Shots number three. It has an awesome... Bloody Mary we recipe. talked about this already, Chris. But, but t- <laughs> oh, God. But tonight, tonight I'm just drinking a Budweiser. I'm going to be quiet for a little while. Okay, good. So now, you, you know, since this is an atypical 11 o'clock episode, I like to talk yes, about... because we've had, we've had a format and, and, and well, some, some structure in the past. W- no, format. but e- even though we don't have a format, so this rigid. is even weird for us. It's strange. And atypical was my weekend. Did anybody see the X Files movie? I did. Did you? Excellent. Uh, anybody uh, else? No, sorry. No. I, 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 my religion forbids me. It it talk about atypical. It it's like Chris Carter sat down and said, "I am going to make the anti summer movie." It was so against the grain. It broke with all kinds of convention. There, there's, there's no bada boom in it. It's not a big movie. It's a very intimate character piece on Mulder and Scully, right? And it's even weird for an X Files movie because 
what would you expect out of the X-Files? Aliens, maybe, a little bit of conspiracy, nothing. There's none of that in it. There's, a, there's just a little hint of paranormal, and that comes in the, in the form of Billy Connolly. But otherwise, it's just about Mulder and Scully. What do you think about it, Jefferson? Uh, you know, I'm not the biggest X-Files fan. I was kind of goaded into going to see it. Uh, oh, but, boy. you know, I thought it was good. It, it felt like an episode, a little prolonged episode to me. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I kind of enjoyed that it didn't have any of the convoluted mythology right, of the show. Right. I enjoyed that part of it. I thought the movie was, was, was fantastic, only because you, you just break with convention and you won me over already. Try something different, I'm there. But even in terms of X-Files uh, lore, I guess you can call it, it's, it's even strange for that. Because, what, nine years of X-Files and Mulder was the outcast? In this movie, Scully's, uh, she's working at a Christian uh, hospital and uh, she she tries a procedure on a child that involves stem cell research, uh, stem cells. So she's the outcast in the movie. And Mulder is brought in by the FBI to help them out on a case. So he's vindicated to a point, and she's like shoved out. They, you know, and so it's it's really weird for an X Files episode too. I thought it was fantastic, a wonderful movie. And if you go to see it, stay past the credits. Because there's a little scene at the end. Eric Walken. No, <laughs> no, Christopher Walken. No, Samuel Jackson is Nick Fury. <laughs> no, there's there's a little scene at the end where uh, I'm assuming Chris Carter said, "Okay, I gave it a shot. If this movie doesn't go over well, here's your cap off to the entire series." And Mulder banging Scully. No, well, no, uh, but it's. I'm not double gonna bird. Say, I'm not going to say, but it, it, it works very well as a culmination of the entire seasons of the X Files, and it, it's just a fantastic movie. Creepy as freaking hell in the last reel, though. So just go see it. I, I'm trying to get everybody to go see. It. Don't go see Batman Dark Knight again, like Equinox. Go see X Files. I didn't know it. you could find out so much uh, information on Google about stem cell research. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> including a pertinent bit of information on the case you're working on. Yes. Spoilers. <laughs> Whoops, I'm sorry. Now I guess we don't have to see it. Oh, it's awesome. And she I is, ruined it. She is so hot. Oh, she look, she, she looks better with long hair, yeah. She she looks good bald. Backhanded comment there. Yeah, she looks better with long hair. <laughs> she got a pert in my... I do, I do my best, baby. Where did Chris go? Um, so I'm tracking my uh, my Watchmen um, uh, eBay. <laughs> yeah. oh. Just seeing if Joe Hill emailed me again <laughs> on my article at ifanboy.com about Bloody Marys. <laughs> we we have some Jefferson. You're doing it again, buddy. <sighs> Too loud. He's, on the radio. He's, okay. he's, re he's recording it for himself. Honest to God, it's like he's gonna be like, "Hey, this is a bootleg edition." It's the time tunnel. <laughs> Long time listener, love the show, guys. <laughs> Thank you for calling. <laughs> no, dude, I, I'm it, my auction's up to like eighty five bucks. It's awesome. He's, so huh? some 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 grandmother wants to get this for their grandkid for their birthday before the movie comes out, and you're gonna yeah. <sighs> grandma's gonna have to drop two bills on that. She's gonna have to go work some corners. <laughs> <laughs> 
Only I if mean, you take your teeth out, Grandma. I probably shouldn't say this because it's going to flood eBay, but how how many people out there have... <laughs> a car salesman. I probably shouldn't mention this. Uh, so, how many people have a full set of watch out there? Me. Multiple yeah. copies, yeah. It, I mean, like, two years ago, if you had tried to sell a, a full run of Watchmen on eBay, what would it have gone for? Probably a little bit more than the cost of the trade. I yeah, think. Tw- 20 bucks. Yeah, Dude, 20, 25. F- full runs of Watchmen are going for like 150 to $200 on eBay right now. That's, a, that's just stupid. It is it, ridiculous. I could understand the absolute being that high because it's out of print for now. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, they'll, they'll 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 put it back in print. Yeah, they're gonna. But, have to. I mean, I think last month's solicitations they had it uh, coming out yeah. again. Shit, sell sell the one you got now for one hundred and fifty bucks. <laughs> That's crazy. That's yeah. really Co- comic flipping with Chris Neesman. You are the flipper. <laughs> Flipper. You Tom, Tom. Issues of X-Force number one with that, uh, that <laughs> trading card. Oh, dude, dude, dude I've, got, I've got five of the cards, man. It's that fucking cable card. Never could you, should, you should include a trading card of yourself when you sell the Watchmen. What? Dude, it's free shipping. So Nice, okay. Yeah, that media mail shipping really sets you back a couple bucks. Yep. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> <laughs> so what did we read? Anybody read anything really good? I, I read a boatload of stuff this week. I was a reading fool. I read a lot of stuff. I don't want to talk about my favorite though because I'm yeah, saving it's a stack. Uh, yes, that, Chris said that to me last night, dude. I'm going to talk about this on Around Comics, so I'm not talking about it on our show. But it was really good. I was like, thanks. <laughs> no, what's really good? It was fucking awesome. Yeah, it was really good. So Tom, tell us about some stuff you've read. That you're, that you're not going to talk about on Iran Comics. Uh, let me see. What did I read? That I, I read a couple of um, those Joker Asylum issues. Uh, I really enjoyed the Penguin one, so I picked up Two Face and Scarecrow. Mm-hmm. And uh, while I, I I sort of enjoyed them, they weren't nearly as good as the Penguin one. Unfortunately for me. How do you How do you like the art in the um, in the Scarecrow one? It. I don't think it was a good match for the characters. Really? I, wow. I yeah. I didn't I, I didn't like Two Face. I don't like seeing a Two Face where the division between the two sides of his face is a completely straight and perfect line. That no 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 is, no. The the scare the scare. Oh like? the scarecrow one. I love the yeah. scarecrow one. I wish the okay. story would have made more sense, but I <laughs> yeah, thought but the story was a little. Was that the one that wound out? I thought yeah. the art, yeah, yeah, Wanda, which I thought the art was awesome. Yeah, me too. That was the thing that compelled me to pick that book up. <clears throat> I uh, I did a little bit of flipping through, and I said, "Holy crap!" It sealed the deal for me as far as buying the uh, eventual trade for that series. Yeah, I mean, the art was really, it was really good. I thought the story was a little, uh, it was a little convoluted for for being such a simple story. It seemed like it went through all these unnecessary turns. For uh, for not much payoff really, as far as like shock wise, mm-hmm. which I think I, that might just be someone getting a hold of a you know a character and then saying I got one issue, 
you know, to do something. So I got to jam it filled with every possible twist and turn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I kind of felt the same way with the Two Face one a little bit too. It's just you, so jammed. You decided not to buy the Poison Ivy one. No, uh, yeah, I took a look at it, and I, uh, the art didn't really grab me. I, I've never seen more strategically placed leaves in my life. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> she'd be turning it around, there'd be a big old fig leaf on her ass, and then she'd turn this way, right where the nipple is. Oop, little leaf there. You know, it's just like, how many leaves does do you leaves do you have? Before she just leaves enough. the lair, it takes her two hours just to strategically place leaves over her naughty bits. I wonder if they're aloe. They probably are. They probably are. Yeah. And, what's, uh, what's re- hmm? Oh, uh... I also read uh, Rain and Hell, which I enjoyed quite a bit. Yeah, that's I read that too. Yeah, I'll talk that, about that a little bit later. Yeah. What'd you think of the art? It took a little, you know, I like uh, I like Derenik's stuff, and it took me a little bit to get used to it, because Sinkevich, you know, obviously Sinkevich is inking it, so it's going to have a lot of Sinkevich in it too. Yeah. So yeah. It, it took me a few pages to kind of get into it, when I first opened it, I was like, oh, you know, obviously I knew it wasn't going to look like some of the other stuff that uh, Derenik had done before. Uh, so it took me a little bit to get into it, but once I got into it, I really enjoyed it. Well, Tom didn't even know that uh, Sinkevich was going to ink him because originally Tom was never scheduled to do the book anyway. It was uh, Matthew Clark. Was yeah. that the original penciler? And uh, since Tom, everybody knows this by now, the local boy shops at the the uh, same comic shop I do. Um, he ha- mentioned that he got the job and that he got a call from the someone from the editor, whoever the editor is on this, saying that Sinkevich was going to ink him. And he was like, "That's like telling you, you know, open your door. There's a naked woman outside of it. You know, it's, it's, <laughs> to be a, a a young and up and coming like like Tom and have Sinkevich ink your work. That that's crazy. It's a really but, interesting combo." Yeah, and uh, you you can see the contribution that Tom made with the character designs and the the intricate landscapes and stuff. But the like the uh, I think Sinkevich maybe overpowered his line a little bit. I think there are certain panels where it was. I know it takes place in hell. Mm-hmm. I thought it was a little dark. Like faces were a little. Mm. Uh, a little dark. There was a little too much shadow in places where I think it would have benefited from a little, a little lighter touch. Mm-hmm. Some of the on some of the details, uh, but I, I do think it, it's a cool combo in the fact that uh, I like Sinkevich's style, but I, I've, I've not, was never very hot on his just basic storytelling. But wow. I think uh, 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 Dernick is a rock solid storyteller. Yeah. You're kind of getting an interesting combo of, uh, of I think, m- people that are a little farther apart on your sort of spectrum as far as how they're going to go about their storytelling. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a really... it's It turned out really interesting. And I think maybe uh, as it goes on, maybe it'll be inked a little bit, you know, with a little lighter touch. But I, I still really enjoyed it, and I thought it was really cool looking. Yeah. I think Sinkevich is very much in the Klaus Janssen uh, camp as far as inking goes. He not only overpowers it, but he uses a lot of a lot of thick blacks and a lot of little lines and and his parts of it look haphazard, but they're really not. There's a there's a plan going on. 
let's set it up for somebody who may be interested in this book. The, uh, there's a, the, the main idea is Lord Satanus and Blaze, who we all know from Adventures of Superman way back when, they stir up a rebellion in hell, something that does not please Lord uh, Neron. So uh, in order to stem the impending war, he asks Lilith to call in all the all of her children quote which means uh well i don't want to give too much of it away but uh and etrigan comes back to hell and other assorted demonic entities so to speak and uh so there's a war brewing and the thing that i like the most about it was that you get to see a little bit of the hierarchy of hell like the the way the power trickles down from neuron to Lilith, to that uh, Asmodel and Belial. Like, there's definitely a, and there's even one panel that they show a map of Hell. Like, I've yeah. never, I've never seen the DC version of Hell the way it was broken <laughs> up like this. It's really cool. Love maps, love maps. Remember? Because yeah, it's the, I love it. The geek in me says, "Whoa!" So that's what DC's Hell looks like. But uh, and let's not forget the backup story featuring Doctor Occult, where yes. uh, surprise appearance by. Ralph and Sue Dibney. Yeah, I, yeah, I, th- I really thought it was cool. very solid overall. It had a feel of like a space epic, but in, yeah. you know, that same like throw a bunch of characters who maybe haven't all been linked together in the past. Mm-hmm. It reminded me a little bit of the feel of what I like about like Guardians of the Galaxy, where you know all these characters existed. I mean, there's been lots of stories that took place in Hell. And the DC, you know, magic book, you know, like Swamp Thing had stories, and you had you had the demon, and you saw these characters all sort of in their own little world, and then all of a sudden you have all of them thrown together because obviously they they're all in the same place. Right. Like, oh yeah, of course, of course they would all know each other and all, you know, interact. So I enjoyed it. It's definitely a thematic successor to the Day of Vengeance miniseries. Because not only do you have Shadow Pact appearing in it, but in the backup story, uh, Ralph and Sue warn Dr. Occult that this worn hell could screw up the way magic works in the DC Universe for a long time. So that was the main gist of Day of Vengeance, and so that carries over into this miniseries. And the backup was drawn by Steven Segovia, which is really good looking. It, his, uh, his work in this backup is a lot better than what I've seen in, uh, in Wolverine Origins. But just flipping through the book real quickly, I thought it was some of the best Neil Adams-esque and Lanil Yu-esque art I've seen in a while. Got to be negative, don't you? No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, And written by Keith Giffen, of course. Can't leave that part out. Yeah. Ah, I thought it was great. I, and, you know, going into it, I was like, okay, I'll pick it up. Got to support the local guy. But I was really pleasantly surprised at how good this issue was. If, and if we had a pick of the week on this show, like that other thing, that other show where Tom's from, if we had a, a top of the stack or whatever, this would be my pick. Rain in Hell is awesome. And the cover by Justiniano, the modern Wrightson, it's just incredible. What do you think of the cover? I, I love uh, uh, Justiniano. Yeah. I love his art. And fantastic. I, I think he's great. I think he's great. I would love him. I, I looked at the faces in the crowd. Like, it, it's Lord Satanus just making a, you know, pose, and there's a, the damned uh, a mast around him, and he just renders every single face 
uniquely. It's just, it's an incredible cover. Why doesn't Justiniano, why isn't he working on a regular book? Let's ask he doesn't him want you guys. He doesn't want you guys bitching about the fact that it only does uh, eight issues a year. There's definitely better to stay out of it. Better stay out of it if you don't. You can't get <laughs> just give, done. Just give us those miniseries, <laughs> goddammit. Yeah, uh, he's great. He he is fantastic. Definitely a cut above, I think. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I think Dave David will be pleased with what I picked for my my top of the stack tomorrow, but he'll just have to wait. Oh, he, curses! David's not that big of a JSA fan, though. <laughs> nice. Wasn't J- it wasn't JSA. <laughs> really? Yeah. Hmm. I mean, JSA was uh, JSA was good. I mean, it, I'm a little, it, I'm a little, I'm a little shocked. You know, uh, I'm. J- oh, you go, you go, no. sir. Oh, okay, I go. I just wanted oh, to say. Oh, 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 I think I know what it is. I'm not the biggest Alex Ross supporter in the world, but that cover on the JSA annual is fantastic. It's gorgeous, isn't it? Yes, it's a beautiful cover. I, I, I really like the expression on Power Girl's face. I like it a lot. I think he nailed it. Like so, it. Props to Alex Ross for that cover. Hey, guys. It's uh, Richard from Wales. I think some of you might know me as Blue Meanie from various online bullshit things. Even though I'm a bit late on this, I wanted to chip in on the Alex Ross discussion you guys were having a couple of weeks back. First, I should say I'm, I'm not a fan of his stuff, man. It's just fucking boring. But a lot of people always go on about his methods, um, the whole thing with the photo references and stuff. Now, I'll be honest, I don't give a fuck about that. You know, if the end result's good, he could be like nailing dead kids to a wall and tracing them. But it's just the stuff he does is just so dull. And whenever people go on about his stuff, they always like bring up uh, Greg Land as well and say about, you know, almost like Greg Land is the evil Alex Ross who does everything badly. But I'll be honest, I think his stuff pisses all over Alex Ross. Because it's, it's, it looks like superheroes. He's got the most perfect idea in the world yes because when he wants to draw a superhero he traces a fucking porn star which is genius because porn stars live on the same level of unreality the superheroes do you know it's like the point with them is if you saw a porn star stood next to the supermarket it would just they just look wrong and it's the same as superheroes because I, I know in effect they are just supposed to be people in costumes but that's not what you want to see in comics alex rocks keep drawing superheroes like they're normal people like that's fucking wrong you see a thing of his jla and it basically looks like a room full of old farts on the way to a fucking fancy dress party you know, i buy comics for cool images not pictures of a load of bloody chubby cosplayers i mean have you seen he's the only guy i know who can make wonder woman look fat and ugly it's i, I probably shouldn't say that because seeing as he used photo references that's probably going to be his bloody missus or his sister or something like that but while she's probably very nice in real life she isn't fucking wonder woman so yeah, so that's my Alex Ross rant. Um, just stick to doing fucking covers, man. Let someone like Alan Davis, someone who actually can bloody draw a nice fluid image, do the interiors. Stick to what you're good at. You know, getting people to stand there, photographing them from a low level so they look iconic and taller than you. Job done. Um, <laughs> I'll piss off now. That's me and uh, a couple of beers bullshitting at you. So yeah, keep up the good work, guys. Really enjoying the show. Uh, keep Neesman on the beer because he's one funny fucker drunk. And I will catch you again. See ya. What did you guys read? What did you oh, read, me. David? Jefferson? Yeah, David. Come on. Yeah, Jesus pick Christ. Up. Come on, guys. Please pick up the slack. How is this? <laughs> this I'm so you know, uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm one of those awful trade raider, waiters, so I don't read the monthly so that recently, much. You recently finished Watchmen. <laughs> <laughs> I've never read it. Ronan. What? Ronan, yeah. I've never, I've never read Watchmen. Really? No, no shit. 
when we when you had that thread, someone had that thread about what would be the most what would what would surprise the most about you, and I think my first thing was that I've never read Watchmen before. You should so, you should uh, correct that. Really? <laughs> should I buy your comics? Um, <laughs> <It's> the, you <laughs> Jefferson, hey, I will. Shipping. I, I will, send you, I will send you a link if you give me $175. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll take the auction down right now and send those to you. Free Gosh, charge. Sounds like such a deal. Mr. Mr. I've Magnanus. got a hardcover on order of it, so uh, I'm going to get around to it. Dude, first printing, original issues. <laughs> These are only going to gain in value. Only, only been dribbled on by the drunk slightly. Yes. <laughs> Only once, and then put right back in their bag and board. There you go. <laughs> so, so what did you read, Jefferson? I, I always make a point of noticing your signature on the forum because you always have good stuff in there. Um, right now, I'm reading that uh, second volume of the Savage Sword of Conan. Awesome uh, from Dark Horse. You know, you've been talking about those uh, the Filipino artists. Uh, lately, but in the second volume, uh, you know, you get a story by uh, Neil Adams, mm-hmm. and also a nice one. Well, a nice starting by Gil Kane, and then it trails off into <laughs> some other artists working on it. That not such a good job. Yeah, I thought you were gonna say Gil Kane, just sort of like, oh, well, fuck it, whatever. <laughs> just like ah, oh, start that's off so, that's, that's someone like Gil Kane. <laughs> <I know. laughs> No, he's got a couple other artists that work on it. You can definitely tell the first chapter of the story is Bill Gil Kane, and then you can see as it progresses, some other pencilers get in there, and it's it's not like the first chapter. But it becomes uh, more like Kirby. <laughs> Jesus, you must be drunk. It must have been. It, it's probably inked by Vince Coletta. They uh, the. I think I think th- this is one of the issues where Thomas talked about in one of his alter ego. Interviews, and I don't know. I don't remember if Kane was upset with editorial or what was going on, but he uh, he kind of yeah had to stop partway through. Science yeah, but, from David Price. I love it. But that. you know, like the rest of that book, the the uh, John Buscema stuff with uh, <sighs> Akala on inks is like, oh, that's gorgeous. It's like I ice cream. Get, yeah, it is. It's delicious. It is. Yeah. And then speaking of Kirby, I'm reading uh, the Kirby, the King of Comics book by uh, oh, Mark. Evanier. Uh, yeah, yeah Evanier. Not much text in that, is there? No, not much text, but, you know, a lot of nice big blown up pictures of the Kirby work. So, And oh. it's Kirby, and I can't stop buying Kirby stuff. So, about that crazy-ass fucking OMAC hardcover? That stuff is ridiculous. <laughs> it you know is what? so fucking out there, man. I love it, but I mean, the women like mannequin women in boxes, and <laughs> that's where just, all women should be in freaking boxes. <laughs> it was like veal. Happy you feed them a Michelle. little, feed them a little, put them in the box, take them out. You know, do your dirty work, put them back in the box. There you go. Well, my favorite crazy <laughs> concept is in a. I think it was in the uh, in the Jimmy Olsen comics where it was that that like miniature planet that was like a planet of Transylvania. Uh huh. Transylvania. Oh, yes. Yeah. That's just like what the fuck? Like what a crazy fucking idea. They uh, these you know these creatures escape from their tiny planet and get blown up to like. Uh, it, I I remember reading that and being like, gee, what the hell is going on? And the, you know, and I'm someone who enjoys you know I wish more 
comics had more crazy shit like that, and even I was like, that is insane. I can't yeah. believe that. I like that. I, like that. that I think story. it's that, that double-page spread of the, where they show the planet in that room, and all those TV cameras are on it. <laughs> crazy Kirby. You know what my... F- <laughs> You know what my fra- favorite Crazy Kirby concept is? Two words. flip a dippa Flip-a-dippa. is goddamn ridiculous. He is. What it's the like, hell is that from? Flip-a-dippa? News Fourth Boy World. Legend. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, okay. Ja- Jack, what was he thinking that back in the, in, the, in the early 70s that the average comic book reader would identify with a black kid infatuated with scuba gear? Scuba was oh. cool in the 70s, Vince. More, <laughs> more useless. He was riding the wave of scuba <sighs> mania. I just he love saying it. Less than Aquaman. Flip more, you know, like, what, is there a character that you can do less with? Then uh, you have to. He has to be near water constantly. I know, and I love it. Like they'll, they'll be in a in a very tenuous situation. All of a sudden, someone will say, "Hey, there's water." Flip, I'll be happy. And <laughs> throw the throw the black kid in the water, and he's happy. What? Oh God! You know what's scary is I don't think that Kirby ever did a drug in his life. No, no, he he produced he was like a toad if you lick jack kirby's back you'd get like a contact eye <laughs> one lick makes you smaller the other one makes you R- Roz was guitars. Roz was always freaking floating you know cuz she'd get the good stuff uh, <laughs> so yeah there's a, a very very uncomfortable silence imagery, uh, imagery. one's for you jack Clean my brush, Roz. But uh, all right, let's let's move on a little bit. I don't like to talk like that about Jack Kirby. I I, I felt anyone like anyone else. Anyone yeah. else, fine. But not oh yet. yeah, freaking Gil Kane, fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love that. Gonna be the stuff. title of the episode. Yeah, Gil Kane, fuck him. David, what's your favorite Gil Kane piece of work? Like just single. Yeah, uh, Green, Lantern. Prepared. Green Lantern. Green Lantern. Awesome. You know, I love My Name Is Savage. See, I didn't. I, I I only became familiar with that with the Anything Goes anthology. So I don't. I'm not as well versed in that as as I'd like to be. Oh, it's it's just awesome, and it, it's it was so different at the time because I think it's one of the earliest graphic novels. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, if there's a word balloon in it, I'd be really surprised. I don't remember there being any word balloons, right? There was. There uh, wasn't any in the story that I read. Right, and that dynamic Gil Kane anatomy and composition, and just fantastic. The guy was well, obviously he's one of the greats. But there was something really special about Gil Kane. The way he could twist the human body like that, yeah, and it looked natural. And we have to mention Jaime Hernandez just for Dave Windorf. So we have to say Jaime Hernandez, everybody. <laughs> say it. Jaime. There you go. Jaime. Jeffrey. Hyman. 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 Jamie. It's Jaime. Jamie. Jaime. It's not Jamie. This is America, Jaime. Vince. <laughs> well, Speak I don't American, give a motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's Jaime. Red, white, and blue. It's not even spelled the same. Nice. He's drunk. Whatever. 
Is he really? That, thank God you put that qualifier out there. Well, it is drinking night. Thursday is drinking night. <laughs> yeah. All the nights his, of the week. His this name, is the one. His name is James. Proclamation. Your name is Guadalooper. What's ah. what's what's Friday night, Chris? That's um, oh no, that's around comics night. No, I'm well, sorry. every other Friday. What's Saturday night? Um, bath night. Bath <laughs> <Damn laughs> night for you. Entire night of bathing. <laughs> Uh, Jefferson and I uh, have read something, right, Jefferson? Together, we, oh, we have read something, Vince. We did. We, we we both have read uh, Ted May's Injury Number One and Two from Buena Ventura Press, and uh, I'm guessing that means Good Road in Spanish, doesn't it? Buena Ventura. Well, since Chris pissed off anybody that speaks Spanish, what? Yeah. We were talking about the little black boy in the scuba gear. I say one thing about Jamie, and all of a sudden, I'm the bad guy. Say his name. Jamie. No, the black boy. Oh, say it. Flippadippa? <laughs> yeah. No problem, no problem with that. Flippadippa. Flippadippa. So, Jefferson, I know this; these two issues are very funny, and they probably connected with you, because you have an awesome sense of humor. Is this true? <laughs> I'm sh- I think you're setting me up. I am setting you up. <laughs> I'm on the spot. All right, just let, let, let's see how, how uh, like-minded we are. What was your favorite part of, uh, say, issue one and two? And just so everyone knows what, what these books are, they're a sort of anthology comic done by the very funny Ted May. Um, there's two other guys that work with him. Uh, Jason Robards, who is a writer. Yes, and, and Jeff, Jeff Wilson. Wilson. Right. No, Jeff Wilson is the writer. Jason Robots yeah. is is uh, does also does the art, and the mm-hmm. great Ted May does. Uh, there's that echo again, you bastard. Oh, sorry. Let me turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> you keep turning it back up. <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to fuck this episode up. I uh, I, I first encountered Ted May on a mini comic called It Lives. Have you ever seen that book? It lives. Dude, that is my fucking favorite Rowdy Roddy Piper movie. No, <laughs> that's, that's they live. They live. Oh, dip. <laughs> but the, the licensed property. The, there's a story in It Lives called Toilet Battle. You have to read it. I'm not gonna say anything about it, but just read it. Toilet Battle. But I'm I'm sure Jefferson and I picked up on the same thing. There's a, a part in the second issue where this uh, young man. Yeah. who finds himself on the shitty end of a relationship. The girlfriend breaks up with him. He goes into the woods, and he's you know wallowing in self-pity. He's at a carnival, and the song from, from Nazareth, Love Hurts, <laughs> just comes over the loudspeaker, and he's visited by the ghostly apparition of the dude from Nazareth. <laughs> And, and they on bo- his shirt. Yes, and it actually says on the guy's shirt, the dude from Nazareth. And they're sitting against a tree just belting out, love hurts. It's, it's almost surreal. It's and then a, he floats away yes, you know, he, into the he, sky. He, flo- he, he walks away into the sky on this little fairy dust kind of twinkle. It, it's, it's, almost, it's very surreal. And Waving the peace sign. Right. It, these are great comics. What do you like about it? Was that your favorite part of it? I, I really like the first stories in both ones because that th- those kind of scenes were like, you know, Spokane is like a metal town. 
Mm, and those up. those guys in that book are the guys I grew up with. Growing up so, in the early '80s and digging on the heavy metal and yep. and and the weed. This is this is Spokane is the town that gave Ted Nugent the key to the city. I'm not kidding you. <laughs> it was Ted Nugent Day in Spokane. I think hey. it was in '77. Use every part of the key. In the first issue. <laughs> every part of the key. <laughs> the great, the great white key. Mm-hmm. But in the first issue, the story is called Panama Red. It's written by Jeff Wilson, drawn by Ted May, and it's just about a kid who stumbles upon a joint, and you know starts showing it off to all his friends. Eventually, gets brought to the principal's office, and that's basically all the story is about. But it, it's done in a kind of autobiographical Dan Klaus kind of way. Uh, you guys and your jazz cigarette books. Oh, it's no, but it's awesome. The, in the beginning, the kid's laying on a on a bed, and he's he's looking at the back cover of Anthrax, uh, uh, fistful of metal album. That was me twenty years ago. No, hello, with hair. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there you go. You. Actually, with you. with hair. <laughs> Before the cancer, there, I'll make you feel all bad about it. <laughs> <laughs> I have to go now. You forgot who your friends were. But come on, let, let's pump. Feel bad. I I really like Ted May. I think he's got a, a knack for comedy in in comic form that very few people have, and and most of his characters have this lazy eye thing going on, like Homer Simpson, where you just can't help but laugh at it, even when I, I'm sure he doesn't intend that you laugh. But uh, there's um, a running gag strip in both books called "The Perils of Heracles," and it is the god Heracles who unfortunately has been cloned. And he hates himself. So he beats the hell out of himself, meaning he beats the shit out of the clones. And it's, it's just funny. It's funny. You've got to read it. That's not a very good selling uh, method there, but it, they're, they're great comics. My comics are signed by Ted May. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, mine are not. Yeah, I got him. <laughs> oh, hang up, buddy. I, I ordered hang mine up. from. from <laughs> and right, that's, that's, straight, that's straight two, rookie. I ordered mine uh, from Buenaventura, but there's there's stories about a corporate a corporate um, detective with cybernetic implants who runs into a, a gang of street toughs called the Barnyard, the barnyard Gang, gang. Right, Tom and, and and their front man is called what? The Rooster. No. 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 The cock. The the fighting cock. The fighting cock. Yeah. <laughs> and the the uh, the the PI calls him the fighting croc. <laughs> That's funny. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> made made the the point is made because you said it's funny. I love that. That's great. no, it, it it's very funny. And you know, in the second story, one of the members of the barnyard gang is called the Rat. In the second issue, it we get a spotlight of the Rat, and and his you know I don't want to call it a life, but it's, it's somewhat of a life. And again, the cybernetic detective shows up. So it, these are really good comics. Pick them up. Ted May's Injury, available from Buenaventura Press. Um, they're a little steep. They're four ninety five a piece, but you get heavy cardstock covers and. Nope, <laughs> that's the selling point for Chris. No, yeah, I know. No, but uh, I think they're at least thirty eight to forty some pages a piece. So you're, heavy you're is your cardstock. It's heavy. Heaviest. You can kill a man with cardstock. I've seen it. I'll pay the three ninety nine. <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
And I guess UFO uh, occupants are kleptomaniacs because on the cover of the first issue, we got a bunch of alien uh, dudes stealing from a junkyard. And in the back cover, there's a little green alien guy peeking in somebody's window, stealing their water. He's getting a glass of water because he's thirsty. Awesome oh, stuff. Aliens. Always and kind of Kirby-esque in a way, isn't it, Je- Jefferson? Yeah, that's what attracted me to at first, like the back cover of issue two, that... Uh, I don't know what you call it, but it was very Kirby-esque, and that's what attracted me to the book in the first place. And then uh, you uh, you uh, uh, told me they were good, so I took your word for it. I'm the comic book. And was rewarded. Yes. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> uh, I have a question for David. Yes, Tom. Uh, did you read uh, uh, Secret Invasion Fantastic Four, number three? Yes, I did. Did you enjoy it? <sighs> Not as good as maybe the first two issues. I thought the same exact thing. You know what bothered me? What? I hate it when kids narrate stories and they uh, come across as stupid. Uh, what does especially, especially since it was Franklin's idea at the end of the second issue. Yeah, it's, 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 I think it's... When you have a kid narrate a story or be like the framing for a story and they don't seem very bright, yeah. It it I it makes the whole story just seem sort of like uh there's no gravitas to it. Ooh. You've had But that's not how the first two issues were. were exactly. Was it? No. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't like that. There was even if there were any captions, but there weren't even. It, it was basically just a telling. This is, you know, it's happening at this time. This is Johnny talking Elijah. This is Ben making sure that the kids are okay. Shit, sorry. It's okay, but there was, <laughs> there was, you know, you'll clean it up after. Fucking it wasn't. Uh, <laughs> they, uh, yeah, see. But Tom is exactly right. It's like all of a sudden, so the third issue, which could have been really good if they had kept going with that flow, it was, it, boom, any momentum was, was killed just because you open up the first page and you see little drawings made by Franklin, and now he's going to tell you the end of this story. Or Valeria. Was it Valeria or Franklin? Well, they could have been drawings by Valeria, but I think, oh, wait. Actually, you know what? I don't know. Now, now, now I'm all confused. I thought it was Valeria. I, I still think it's a bad idea to have someone who's not, who who is, you know is a child, but not a smart child narrate a story, because what happens is, like there were really interesting things that happened in the story. You know, you have you have uh, Human Torch talking to Elijah, and there's some interesting things in that. But the whole framing is. Valeria going, they're talking about adult stuff I'm not supposed to know. Yeah. You know, and it's like, well, then why have... That's unnecessary. Mm-hmm. You know, then why have that that framing to it? And, and I just was really confused by why they, why that was in there. And they, uh, they kind of killed any, any kind of... I didn't, I didn't need Franklin and Valeria telling the thinker that, you know... Yeah, why, that was why they want to go back home. And Franklin talked like an idiot, unless that yeah. was some sort of like plan on his. Like, I don't mind the idea of that, of like the t- you know the tinker would be moved by the kids. Right. But I thought like the this. <laughs> I thought you said the tinkler. 
the tinkler, the tinker, the tinkerer would be. You know, I I think it, it was it came across as like uh, it's going the tinkler. A different direction. <laughs> it came across as like mo- sort of like mockish and just yes. saccharine, you know, yes. in a really yes. weird way. Who, I like the kits and art though. The kits and art was nice. Oh shit, yeah. I mean, there were there were plenty of uh, plenty of anchors on the thing, but yeah, no kits and I like kits and on the on the Fantastic Four, and unfortunately. I'll I'll say it because it's it's I I can't go not say it and unfortunately it's drawn with those stupid hitch design uniforms. Oh, I didn't even know. I guess I haven't been paying attention to what. Good. I wish I could say that. And I can't believe that Marvel would let the tink uh, Tinkler <laughs> in the Human Torch. On the last panel, I believe. Don't go near me. He was a scroll. <laughs> he was a scroll. Who tinkled on the Human Torch? <laughs> he had to put the fire out, man. The tinkler oh. did. Tinkler. Oh. Who, who's writing that? Who's writing that series? Roberto uh, Gare Sacasa. Oh, he wrote uh, Marvel Knights Four, didn't he? Yes. yes. Yeah. He was. He was yeah, the guy they... who was supposed to write Fantastic Four, thanks to Bill Jameis. There was a, a nice string of issues in that series. Yes. Yeah, especially the stuff with Alicia, Alicia and, and the the puppet master. Puppet master, yeah. yeah and very good. Uh, unfortunately, some of that art though, they were referencing the cast of the Fantastic Four movie right, and the artwork, right. and and those those first three issues with that strong Steve McNiven artwork. You know, until you get to the fourth issue and it's not Steve McNiven, yeah. Oh, I love that one cover that McNiven and Maury did, and I'm sure Vines had a hand in it too, where the thing is. Looking like he's gonna throw the invisible woman. Yes. Yep. Oh God! Just I just keep bouncing her in my hand. And I, <laughs> I like the uh, I like the Frank Cho Invisible Woman cover also. Oh yeah, baby got back. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. Speaking it, of Frank Cho. Yeah. 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 Um, he re- re-upped his his uh, contract with Marvel. He's exclusive again no for another. No shit. No, just listen. What is he exclusive for, like, a year or two? Who gives a fuck? No, but listen. But the thing is, he, he, he goes on record as saying, yeah, I'm exclusive for Marvel again, but I really wanted to do this thing for DC with Wonder Woman, Power Girl, and Supergirl. It's like, ah! That that would be, the like, the most amazing cheesecake good girl art I am in a long so time. bored to death. With exclusive contracts, I don't care. I don't care. It's it's ridiculous that. Tell us what you really think, Chris. It's well, ridiculous. Well, it, good work it, is it, rewarded. It, it, it's ridiculous, and I don't think it's the best thing for comics. In in terms of DC, I think exclusive contracts have benefited them amazingly well with Jeff Johns. I uh, I don't think that's necessarily the issue um <laughs> i think that john's wants okay i think john's wants to write for dc i think he would be writing for dc whether he was exclusive or not i don't know that for sure i'm just guessing so you're you're saying they just made it official but he probably would have been staying there anyway yeah you know i, I 
you know, I don't, I, I don't know what anyone's contract is. I don't want to speculate on any of that stuff. I don't think that exclusive contracts are necessarily good for com- for comics. I think that they're great for creators, so I have to support them because it guarantees them work and it it helps provide for things like health insurance. So I'm supportive of exclusive contracts, but I kind of. I also see that it's not necessarily beneficial for the comics that we always read. But don't explain. Don't the exclusive contracts include some kind of health benefits? Mm-hmm. No, well, they 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 help pay for um, health coverage. It's which is still better than if you're a freelancer because yeah. that's all well, coming so, out of your pocket. Yeah. So so I so like I said, I think it's it's great for creators. Therefore, I support it because those are pay for hire guys. And if it's good for them, then I'm going to be supportive of it for them. But as far as the actual comics and the uh, kind of what happens because of exclusive contracts, I don't think it's always a great thing. All right, here's I an think example. What it is. Oh yeah, you go. You know, I know what okay. you're going to say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think okay. I do too. <laughs> okay. Um, writer, writer A is signed to an exclusive contract to uh, write a specific series, okay? Well, that series wraps up before that writer's contract ends. Well, part of being an exclusive writer is that they have to guarantee you work, okay? So you have writer B who's writing another series, okay? Well, he may be better suited for that series, but because writer A is guaranteed work, they put writer A on writer B's series because writer B doesn't have an exclusive contract. So now you have a guy who's not necessarily better suited to write a series than the other guy, but they have to put him on it because he's signed to an exclusive contract. Juice bones. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I mean, does that does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it okay, makes a lot so of sense. I don't think that mm-hmm. exclusive contracts are always necessarily good for the comics that we read, but they're good for creators, so I'm supportive of them. So, well, they got to be they, they got to be done, I guess, right. Because if you, you're right. If 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 you know if they hire someone and they have him signed or her signed for twelve issues a year or fifteen covers a year or however many books he or she can write or he or she can draw. But just because they need to get that output from that creator, they may not that may not be the best thing because they just want to get their money's worth. But if you put somebody like Tommy Lee Edwards, who's exclusive with Marvel, who's only doing miniseries, who's going to put out good quality work on those five or six issues with whatever project he's working on, then I think it's an exclusive that worked out for everybody. Another problem I have another problem I have with, with exclusive deals is who here would like to see Brian Bendis write a Batman story? Not me. I would. Yeah, I would too. I Bendis is at his best whenever he's writing really good crime fiction. I would love to see him do uh, a six or twelve issue run on Detective. And you know what? As long as he is you know, Marvel's guy, he's not going to do that. And that's part of the exclusive deal. I would love, I, I hate that these, that these writers and artists have to stay in one corral. 
And, you know, it's like Bagley. We get to see Bagley doing Trinity now and playing with all of these new characters that he's never been able to draw before because he's always been Marvel exclusive. And it's awesome. So, yeah, I, I hate that, that some guys get put off in these, you know, in these places that they're not able to, to play with all the all the toys out there. So, yeah, you know, it's 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 good for them. But, no, nah, I, I, I really, honestly, I wish that we lived in a world where all the, all the creators that were working were being taken care of and exclusive contracts didn't exist. All of which kind of is rendered moot by the work for hire contract to begin with. So as so eloquently expressed by Barry Windsor Smith recently. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Vince. During his yes. Where where are you getting all this information from? Our forum. Oh. Yes. Forum. Yes, dot, forum? yes we do. It's a hopping forum. <laughs> It, there's a lot of love on uh, and a lot forum. of karma. That's right, and you can find it at forum.bullpenbulletinspodcast.com. A lot of virtual hugging going on. There is, and and if the numbers are any indication, the members of our forum number about ten percent of our listeners. So come on, if you're listening to the show and you enjoy the little semi-witty banter we have going on here come to our forum there's a lot more of it and we kind of take tangents and and go off on you know uh the oil companies and we talk about a lot of other stuff that and post pictures of boobies and butts <laughs> that's <laughs> right it's gonna if, be press and ass if you don't know this for really if anything come for the boobies but no join us because we'd love to have you we have a, a really neat little community um, set up, and we, I'd like to see it get a lot bigger because the more, the merrier, right? And more people can talk about Barry Windsor Smith. Hey guys, it's Tom Morris from the forums again. I'd like to congratulate you on picking the, the best choice for a book for uh, the novel challenge, Neil Gaiman's American Gods. I personally love the book; it's my second favorite book, as I post besides Kurt Vonnegut's Slaughterhouse Five. And one thing I might want to give a little suggestion to some of the readers who find it a little confusing in the beginning, there's two things you need to think about while you're reading this book. One, America became a melting pot over time. What was, you know, what was the consequences of America melding its culture into kind of a, a into a universe, kind of like a universal culture? And that's something you should think about as you're reading this book. Another thing you should also think about is just the idea of what what do we consider sacred in our society now? Like, what are important? What what, what is more important to us? One deity or access to the internet? And I think that's an interesting moral question that gets brought up in the book, subtly but nevertheless is brought up in the book. What what do average Americans worship more than uh, than they should? Anyway, I'd like to once again applaud you guys for it. And, hey, a suggestion for your next novel challenge, why don't we go more than one novel? Let's go for the entire Dark Tower series. Or anything Stephen King, since he definitely has embraced the comic book genre wholeheartedly. Thanks again. And, you know, Chris was talking about uh, a different take on Batman. We were talking about Neil Gaiman's upcoming uh, two-issue stint on Batman, and for the longest time, I know I knew Neil Gaiman by Sandman, and I was not very impressed with with Sandman on the writing side. The art side, fantastic. The writing side, Morpheus is a little bit too weepy for me. 
a little bit too woe is me for a guy that'll never freaking die. But anyway, which is kind of yes or no from the wake. But anyway, so I don't have a, a real great opinion of Neil Gaiman. He's a very talented writer, but I, I'm not too concerned about the things that he finds interesting. They're totally lost on me. So what I said was, you know, I keep flapping my gums on about Neil Gaiman. Let me put where my, my money where my mouth is and read some of his extra Sandman work, and which was born the 11 o'clock novel challenge. We are reading American Gods by Neil Gaiman. Mm-hmm. And, and, and we are talking about it on the forum. As the forum members read it, they will express their thoughts in the appropriate thread, and we're going to get through American Gods. And I'll tell you right now, I may just have to eat my words a little bit if, if the first like 50 pages are any indication. The man can write very well. That's just I'm going to say that for right now. Because received an the email en- from him? No. I should have went to his blog. I got to reach around. But no, he he can string words together very well. Very interesting things. And I'm always interested in... No, I'm not going to go there. I'm just saying I'm reading American Gods. It's damn good so far. Dan, I may have to meet halfway with you on this one. Dan C., who loves Neil Gaiman. Oh, yeah, it's Mr. Gaiman. And, and, now, now, and that Tom, was the thing... Tom, I, I think I remember you telling me that uh, an email that you would receive from someone about Tom versus JLA at one point that made you very oh, happy. From who? Mm-hmm. Oh, that... that I'm, I would rather not speak of that. <laughs> 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 so you're just as guilty as we are. <laughs> Yeah, I would rather not speak. Uh, <laughs> I got a uh, an email that Chris forwarded to me because we don't have a, a community email for eleven o'clock comics yet. Why? I don't know. So we don't. Ooh, ooh, well, no, can I, I mean, can I can I read it? Can I read it? Yeah, you can read it. That would be nice. Okay, okay. Hold Leave on. me alone. That's what it says. <laughs> I I know I My can't foil hat issues can't in a lock out your voices. <laughs> Oh, it's an email from Cinch. No, it's from JGG. <laughs> Who is it from again? Um, JGG. He uh, uh, posts on the forums, I believe, under that name. He's a large lad. Met him at Chicago a couple years ago. He's a big boy. Um, Scott G. So is Tom Durenick, by the way. Mm. Oh, is he um, really? Yes, so, he's at least as tall as uh, Norton. It probably taller, but I'm I'm pulling Chris off the train. Go ahead. So uh, um, this is uh, this is an email that Scott had sent uh, to me because he didn't have Vince's email, and uh, it says Vince, I'm listening to episode twelve, and I have to take exception with your comment here that Aquaman deserves his own series, especially in light of your comments on episode eleven about how DC shouldn't be publishing a Robin or Nightwing oh, series. Shit, are you oh, kidding me? These two statements are at direct odds. Nightwing is the fourth character created in the DCU. How does Robin was he... the fourth character created in the DCU. <laughs> it's not even the first Nightwing. Thank you. How does he not deserve Caught his own on a series? Technicality. I'd be well, interested in hearing your I, I, I'd be interested in hearing your justification for why Aquaman deserves his own series when according to you, you sir, Yes, you, Vince. Robin and Nightwing. Hi. Don't. 
In any event, I always enjoy the podcast, even if you make me scream sometimes. I love uh, making people scream. Defend yourself. Well, I, all right. Let me <laughs> let me preface this with with Jefferson. You're doing it again, buddy. Oh, sorry. Time tunnel. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> he, says, he says, "I think I think it's safe to turn it back up now." Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I'll preface it with 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 saying that I love Dick. I think Dick is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Someone that's voice real, capture that. That's very funny. You know, very funny. You know. And and very mature, by the way. <laughs> Thank you. So with this board, uh, I love great. I lo- <laughs> I really love the character of Dick Grayson. Uh, yes, he was the fourth character in the DC universe. Whatever that, that that doesn't give him a free pass. He's a sidekick. What what what? He works well in the Titans. He works well with Batman. By himself, not so well. Kind of boring. I mean, uh, it, it's like Batman light when you read Nightwing, in my opinion. He's got the same modus operandi as Batman. He's got the same, almost the same powers in quotes as batman he's a great character but cannot sustain a title by himself in my opinion same thing with tim tim's awesome in the teen titans he he's he's great when he's when he's next to the the dark knight but in his own book it's the people around these characters that make them the spoiler tim's father in 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 Robin in in Nightwing it was the Scorpion and Blockbuster they a lot of interesting characters orbiting Dick but as by himself he's a cipher it could be anybody in the Nightwing costume Orin or Mr. Curry on the other hand is the freaking monarch of Atlantis he's a king there is infinitely more that can be done with Aquaman than Nightwing. You you can take Aquaman a billion different ways. You can go the paranormal route. You you can take it just in, in terms of diplomacy. The guy's a king. You can uh, investigate the day to day events in Atlantis. You you, you can go from a, a pulp aspect like uh, uh, Busick did with Geis and the Sword of Atlantis series. It, 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 Aquaman is multi-layered. He can do, you can do anything with Aquaman. If anything else, the environment the character is in is much more interesting than Bloodhaven. Am I wrong hey, here? Devil's advocate for a second, Vince. Uh, okay. Be practical. I'm going to take Wood's role here. They have done all of those things with Aquaman. They've they have. done a thousand different things with Aquaman. And if Aquaman, if those worked and people wanted to read them, it's not like... It's not like DC has this thing where they love Nightwing and they hate Aquaman regardless of how they sell. Like No, yeah. you're right. But the Batman formula is a proven success. The Nightwing formula is almost the same as the Batman formula. Therefore, it's no wonder that Nightwing can sustain a book in that aspect longer than Aquaman. Aquaman is different in every incarnation of that book, whether the Peter David Aquaman, the the, the Silver Age stuff, the Rick Veach beginning latest series, every take on Aquaman is different and extremely different to anything else that's on the stand. So, of course, it's not going to be as accepted as readily as a bad title. it, it It has to be different every time. 
Right. Because the previous one didn't sell. What? No. <laughs> no, I mean, but that's why people, that's why directions on book change. That's why directions on every book changes. Right. Well, what, I'm what not saying they... that it's going to be a top 10 hit. I'm saying creatively, there's the, the potential yeah. for uh, experimentation and creativity is much richer with Aquaman than it is with Dick. Gracie, yeah. Nightwing. That's just my opinion on this. I, I, I think Nightwing's a great character, but on, on his own, whatever. You know? It's Batman light. That's what it is. Maybe one thing with maybe one thing with Aquaman is like he's totally in his own environment, and then they can't cross him with other characters because oh, we got to get everyone into the sea now. (laughs) And then the one thing about Aquaman and Tom flip a dippa, dude. Flip a dippa and Aquaman. (laughs) There you go. Bring back flip a dippa. But (laughs) but he's his new sidekick has made very clear when Aquaman once he comes out of the water he has a tendency to be a dick right Tom they know, yeah they don't have because what makes him separate from all the other of the, you know your big DC characters is he he's a he is a king I mean he's different he's uh, the kind of elected leader of an entire race of like people which is far separate from all the other characters which in their own way have, you know, Superman in a sense is an outsider, Batman in a sense is an outsider, and Aquaman in a sense is an outsider when he's on land. You right. know, but um, that's the weird chemistry with that character, is when you take him out of He's a fish Antis, out of water. Yeah, what do you, what, how do you, you know, you know what I really liked? One of my favorite takes on Aquaman was in Wade, um, uh, Augustine and Kitson's JLA Year One, where Aquaman was this guy who was just sort of confused, like being out of the water, and he had he hadn't talked to people before. So the first place he goes to is this bar, and this guy's like yelling at him because he can't understand him because Aquaman's used to speaking underwater, so the sound goes differently. So there's this confusion. He gets like in a bar fight with someone before someone breaks it up. Because he just doesn't know how to uh, how to relate to the normal world, and I guess in a, right. in a sense you can't go back to that because you've kind of already had this character run around. But he, they do they have the tendency to make him a dick. Yeah, and that's, that's the same story it, where uh, Johnny Storm burns his beard off, right? Wasn't that yeah. the same Aquaman story? <laughs> oh, yes. wait a minute, no, that was Namor. I'm sorry. That's but how- it. Uh, the same thing, but Namor's got the same thing too. Where it's like, oh, they, totally. It's so, apparently us land lovers uh, think that people from the sea are all assholes, <laughs> and they did smell you, bad. Did you ever read the, uh, the 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 uh, first Silver Age meeting of Daredevil and Namor? Have you ever read that that Daredevil issue? It, it, it's in the Daredevil uh, um, Essentials Volume One. Uh, Namor. Uh, meets Daredevil because he goes to Murdoch to uh, Murdoch's uh, law firm because he needs a lawyer. Namor what? needs a lawyer. I don't of know, course. but that's yeah, exactly. Well, you know what I was going to say also about the Aquaman thing is Aquaman's kind of funny in a, in a way because a lot of things that happened to that character were the first things to happen to a, you know a superhero character served in DC Universe. He got married before all the other characters did. He had a kid. Mm-hmm. Before all that, he had his kid die before anyone else had his. But for a lot of years, I don't think they took advantage of those things that he was ahead of the curve on. 
like they had him get married, but they never. They sort of didn't get around to exploring all the things that made Aquaman different. You know, they were always. I always feel they were trying to make him more similar to everyone else instead of focusing on the the really cool character things that were different about him. You know, the, he, when his son died, it was like whoever took it over just wanted to ignore that. Like, oh, it's too sad. We want to make Aquaman happier. You know, not that, you know, Aquaman's got to be one way or the other, but I feel he's had a lot of things sort of pushed aside that I think would be cool character moments, but no one's ever sat down and made them all make sense. Jeff Johns John. hasn't done his Aquaman story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Aquaman I mean, a lot of sad things have ha- happened to Aquaman, but right. But he still finds time to ride a seahorse. So. You have exactly. to do that. Yeah. You always have to make time for that and punch well, people on, in, you... and punch unsuspecting people in the punch stomach, unsuspecting yeah. teammates in the stomach. What That's would you not rather just do? Aquaman. I mean, the Justice League not good teachers at all. <laughs> None of them are. <laughs> but, but, okay, can we agree that the creative potential with Aquaman is greater than Nightwing? I don't know if you can. I could ever say that one is. I don't know. It's like maybe at the end of time when I look at all the different stories that have been told <laughs> with these two characters, whenever, then I'll make Tom a bad is death wow. bad. When Tom finally reaches the source wall, then we'll know. Tom, when I'm hovering, when my brain is in the satellite orbiting the Earth, and as it burns <laughs> to the ground, I'll be like, yes, the Aqu- Aquaman did have more. Uh, you know, I just brought up 2012. Um, while I'm on the subject, does anyone know what happened to Archaea Studios? Asp, where did they go? They're still around. Not, not in this issue of previews. They're not. Really? No, they yeah. just may not have I pre- coming out that month. I pre-ordered like three issues of the long count. I yeah. think I got one of them. Well, I know they're still doing Mouse Guard, right? I don't know. That's in, serious. In, as far as what about they were the stopping killer? or something, or there was some big deal where. Do what? They're restructuring. Yeah, oh, Archaea really? Studios Press. Uh, they got a press release about restructuring and release delay information. Oh, that's a bummer. Mm, that's not good. Huh? Yeah, because I, I mean, here, count- uh, here, let me read you an excerpt from it. If you ordered stuff from us, in character, please, in character. Is there a list? If, you or- if you've ordered stuff from us, you are fucked. Oh wow! <laughs> <laughs> no, you got, you got a little bit of that that That's great. Right to the point. Yeah, no, then it ain't that. Very professional. <laughs> oh, good God! Well, so, was... some, somebody will put out Mouse Guard, so that'll it. I know, hopefully, they're not going out of business. So, Mouse Guard is good and yeah. uh, and profitable. We, yeah. And and we got word this week that uh, Mice Templar is going to Cartoon Network, right? Yes, that's well, awesome. Speaking of Mouse Guard, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Was Vince? Was there something you wanted to say about Barry Windsor Smith? Just that he uh, took the opportunity during his acceptance speech for the what was it? The uh, Hall of Fame. The Hall of Fame to expound upon the evils of the work made for hire contract. And he, I had to agree with him. I thought he was, he was uh, 100% correct in his assessment of the industry, but I don't think it was the best time in the world to do it. Where yeah, I was going to say that. I don't know if that was 
the right time. Well, he's basically saying, yes, I uh, am being inducted into this Hall of Fame based on my work made for higher work, but don't do what I did. Right. You know, thanks for the award, but don't be me. I, I think he's so. probably bitter that they didn't use any of his images on the Archer and Armstrong hardcover, on on the cover of that book. I, I read that when they announced the Archer and Armstrong edition, and they didn't once mention Barry Windsor Smith when they listed the creators on that book. Oh, Somebody really? else got pissed this week. Seriously? Oh, Frank Bruner. Didn't didn't Frank Bruner get pissed because Jurjevic yeah. did a because, cover? Because for- yeah, yeah. And thanks to Jefferson for pointing out that previews did in fact say <laughs> that the Howard the Duck omnibus was going to have two covers. Now, what was the deal for those who don't know? Frank Bruner saw his uh Jurjevic did a homage to one of his covers yes. in 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 paint form and he was taken aback that so they would allow a, didn't he call him a hack i think well I, i'm not sure if he's calling jerjevic the, the i'm not sure if he's calling the artist a hack that did the cover or that did the representation of the art that's going to be on a marvel masterpiece card because oh it's a marvel masterpiece card okay yes so I the cover a- that he did, it wasn't d- redone by an artist? That's what the impression I got. He did. He, he either said artist in quotes. I don't know if he actually said hack. Ooh. But he... Pretty, pretty strong words from Mr. Bruner. Yes. So... That this he was is apparently, not messing around. <laughs> this was this Full is a, this was reported on on lying in the gutters, but it is from the Gene Colon, I guess Yahoo group. So, I guess when you're Frank Bruner, you've earned a little bit of uh, leeway to flap your gums because Bruner's freaking great. Yeah, and and he's been he's done a lot of landmark work over the years, but I don't know if that's too cool about it's dissing another artist like that i mean i'm sure he got his little royalty check right take the money and run right i don't know i i'm pretty sure he got a royalty check i think where it started was that the the trading card is one thing but marvel.com when they give you the list of what's coming out that week and then they you, you click the link and it shows you who the creators are for that for that book it does say covers by Frank Bruner on both both editions. So because the Marvel website had an error, I guess this may have caused him to fly off the handle like that. Take a pill. Hey. He Chill was out. angered. He was. You won't like me when I'm angry. <laughs> <laughs> He's going to go Red Sonja on your ass. <laughs> Oh, did you, did you see the poster with Rose McGowan as Red Sonja? Yes. Sonia? Oh, yeah. good. <laughs> she yeah. creeps me out. She what? Yeah, she creeps what? me. It's the whole. It's the whole <laughs> Marilyn Manson. Thing. I was just gonna say that. Yeah. Well, yeah. Marilyn Manson's a good-looking guy. Yeah, Vince yeah. McGowan. So <laughs> bet your ass. He's handsome. Yeah, he's I handsome in a creepy Eddie Munster kind of way. She's she's greasy. I don't know. She's greasy. Oh, she's, no. so she's a she's a side order of French fries. That's great. Yeah. Have you seen uh, Planetaire? No, I haven't. I haven't. You watch Planetaire and tell me if she's greasy. That that is one. Oh, Planet Terror. Okay, I, sorry. What yeah. do you think I said? Planetaire. Did you? Just, no, Planet Terror. <laughs> 
That's what I'm hearing now. That's not what I heard before. She plays an exotic dancer. Mama, the first three minutes. Ooh, uh, yeah. It, it's like a religious experience. That's yeah. a Hollywood makeup. They'd make you look good, Vince. Oh. I'm gonna I'm gonna disconnect his ass uh, yeah. right now. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We're pushing 125 minutes here. What do you want to do? End it. Let's end it. Let's put this baby. To sleep. <laughs> Cut it <laughs> off. <laughs> Done. It's like the Around Comics guys talking to Greg Rucka. So, uh, what'd you have for dinner last night? At the end of their interview, that just went on far too long. So, how are you? I'm sleepy. Well, <laughs> yeah, me too. I had a, a rough day. Guys, Thomas Jefferson. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, how about that? We should have you guys on again. You can be the Thomas Jefferson team. Thomas <laughs> Get yes. it? Yeah. Fantastic. Uh, I see a podcast right. in the Unfinished. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for... <laughs> Thank you for being here with us. It was nice of you to to stop in and and help uh, in our wood list. It took two people. Thanks for the invite. Yeah, any people to to, oh. to fill wood shoes. Uh, don't any of my friends away. lose their wood? They call me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, future tag, future signatures on forums everywhere. Uh, Are you uh, you ready to do this all again tomorrow, Tom? Yeah, so I'll, I'll try tomorrow. Sounds so fun. <laughs> I'll pay attention tomorrow instead of uh, writing emails. Well, Chris won't be so, if his if his if his auction is still going on. Oh yeah, Ooh. he's gonna charter a charter a boat to the Bahamas on the profits from that thing. <laughs> so so a, after you're done listening to us, make sure you check out Tom versus the JLA. Wonderful podcast. Chris will pop up sometime, probably Monday, and Tom uh-huh. on Around Comics. Uh-huh. David does the Marvel Noise thing. and uh, Just call me at home, the, and I'll just no talk way, to you. <laughs> just, just call Jefferson up. <laughs> driving with the prices oh, no. and we'll Mage the stuff. Hero disgust, <laughs> disgusting. And nice. Jefferson. Je- <laughs> you immature. <laughs> and Jefferson has his own show called. You just call me. <laughs> yeah, Jefferson. Give me a ring. Just call me. <laughs> say it. Say it. I can Hi. talk about on a lot. I can talk about a lot of subjects. And when, and you, and very... when you call him, he says. Oh, he's not. <sighs> to, you're missing your cue. You could tell the non-professionals, can't you? <laughs> and he says. Am I supposed to talk? Hi. No, Jefferson's supposed to say, hi. Hi. I've been running back to the microphone. Wait, is it my turn again? Uh, <laughs> What's going on? I don't know. I, there is no script. Totally off the cuff. Because no one was on the forum writing them this week. Yeah. Hey, let's do something different next week. What? Let me say we try this. Let's do a... Posted um, by Mimes. W- next week, we will field questions... From the forum, as we're doing the podcast, how about that? That sound good? Ooh! No, no preparation. We'll just have a thread. Gee, everybody, Vince, how are we going to answer those three questions? Three? <laughs> we kidding no. me? At least, at least four, because Jefferson's probably going to have two. Yeah, um, and as in, and, and as in, will be there. He'll have a couple. Let's say Tom who was Morris that ask a question? Show Equinox. <laughs> yeah, Chris will be there. You, is that sound like a good idea? You guys want to do that? Sure. Yeah, because right, I, I, I can never get enough keyboard typing on, on live during the show. No, we won't be typing there. Right. We'll just be no, so, ne- so next, we- I don't know, are we going to do it Wednesday? 
We have to do it Wednesday because this is set, set in stone, baby. Next Wednesday night, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, be on our forum dot bullpen bulletins podcast dot com we'll set up a thread you can you don't even have to a- ask a question you could just put something up there and ask us to read it in a funny voice or something or whatever just get no, on the forum no ask a fucking question <laughs> oh see oh, just ask you, too many things write anything already. write anything yes how can I test to make sure my battery in my car is still good <laughs> I lick it <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. Next week, 11 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, be on our forum. Ask us a question, or if you have a comment, or you want us to read something that you read or you wrote. Yeah, that's more like it. Do it. Next week, we'll be here. Wow, Vin. Can you tell that we're running out of ideas? That we're that's not stuff a good to idea. Talk about. It's like, hey, let's let the audience just decide. my diary. You decide. Oh, we, 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 always, we always have stuff to talk about, but I just, you know, here every comes week. That, here comes that fucking shark, man. That's it, baby. No. How is Shark Week? Show. <laughs> Here comes the clip show. I don't watch. Yeah, I don't watch Shark Week. It's very scary to I'll me. I have this. Shark. I have this unnatural fear of the ocean for some reason. But oh, not yes, Aquaman. As soon as yes. they discover something about you. sharks, new, I'll watch it. If they find a land shark with legs, I mean, I feel like <laughs> I've seen everything sharks are gonna do. Yeah, like eat. I mean, like yeah, no. they're gonna jump out of the water. Their cartilage. I I marvel at the photography, the underwater photography, and the balls on those divers to actually get in there with those animals. But I just, there's something about sharks just creeping me the hell out. That's why I like Sword of Atlantis, because King Shark was freaking creepy and awesome and scary. And Witchblade. Shark Man. I love Shark Man. It's good. I thought we were. It's done. awesome. God. We are done. We just this is our done. We have to say we're done, and then we just kind of trail off. We, you know, we let the air uh, out slowly. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All right. Join us here next week, same time, eleven just o'clock. What? Okay. Right, eleven o'clock comics, where art meets alcohol. I as as that. as shown by Chris. Hey. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Je- Bye. <laughs> Come on, Jefferson. Give us a good one. Bye. <laughs> that was a Bye. Mel's Diner. Yeah, it was like Mel's Diner. Do a good one. <laughs> Bye. See you next week, guys. Uh, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Turn bye. up the speakers. <laughs> Let's do another one. Yeah, let's do another one. I need a refill. I don't have any more beer.